Hey there, SLP. You are listening to this podcast, so I know that you love to listen to podcasts. And if that is the case, then I know that you are going to love my secret private podcast, Secondary Secrets for SLPs. It's six short episodes that will have you walking away feeling refreshed and inspired and ready to take on those challenging secondary speech students. So if you work with grades four through 12 and are in a planning rut or wanting some fresh new ideas to keep your students motivated, make sure you head to speechtimefun.com slash secondary secrets. You are not going to find this podcast in your iTunes podcast search browser. You can only get access by going to that link. So head to it now. It is six short episodes that you can listen to it in under an hour, like totally Netflix binge-worthy. I made this just for you, and I know you are going to love it. SLPs have been telling me already that it has changed their way for working with their older speech students. So head on over, again, to speechtimefund.com slash secondarysecrets, or use the link in the show notes, and I can't wait to hear what you think. Now let's head on to this week's episode of SLP Coffee Talk. Are you sick and tired of professional development that isn't relevant to you in the field as being a school-based SLP or an SLP that works with school-aged children? I hear you. I've been there too. I've sat through countless amounts of professional development where I walked away saying, that was great if I worked with one student or that would be great if X, Y, and Z. And that is why I created the Speech Retreat Conference. And I'm so excited to let you know that tickets are on sale now for our July 17th Speech Retreat. You don't want to miss this amazing professional development that has provided practical and relevant information for school-based SLPs for the last couple of years. Join the thousands of other SLPs tuning in each time we provide sessions that are hand-selected based on your preferences and your requests. We're going to be talking all about literacy-based for older students, life skills for high school kids, working with the special ed team, pushing in, IEPs and goal writing, and so much more. So get excited and head on over to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. You don't want to miss out because we are already giving away tons of prizes in our exclusive Facebook group. So don't wait, join, sign up right away so you can join that Facebook group and join in on the fun and celebrate being an awesome SLP that you are and get ready to learn so much information on July 17th. Can tune in live, make sure you sign up ahead of time so you get access to all of the recordings. You can only get access to it if you sign up beforehand. So make sure you head to speechretreat.com to grab your ticket today. Now on to today's episode. You are listening to SLP Coffee Talk. I am your host, Hallie Sherman, and I am a licensed speech-language pathologist who is in the trenches working full-time in a public school in New York. I'm the author of the blog and Teachers Pay Teachers store, Speech Time Fun, where I love helping other SLPs conquer the overwhelm and get back hours spent on prepping activities. I am here to help you be the best SLP you can be and have fun while doing it. 
just like your morning cup of coffee. This podcast is just what you need to start the day or week. Let's jump into today's Coffee Talk. Hey, hey, and welcome to another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. I'm so excited to have my guest today talking all about social skills and using social skills with books. And I'm excited because she's another SLP author. So Kim DeLude, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. So I'm going to give everyone the premise. Like, So I met Kim through... Your book, I think we reached, you reached out, we communicated via the book, you sent me copies of your book back in the day, and then we got to finally meet in person at the speech retreat in New York, yes. where it was so much fun. You came, you helped, volunteered, and it was so great to actually like meet you in person. So it's so rare that like I have someone on the show that I have literally met in person. So I'm very excited to say that I have actually met you. You are real. It is a rarity. Yes. (laughs) So tell everyone a little bit about you, your journey into the field and how you became an SLP by day and an author by night. Sure. So I actually came into the field of speech a little late, even though I knew about it. My mom was actually a speech therapist too, but I worked in events and marketing first and then decided it wasn't for me. It was just so hands-off. I missed kind of like being around kids. So I went back to grad school and took all the courses and it was actually during grad school in my like sleep deprived stages that I came up with these books idea and I started using them with those students and then I graduated and kind of you know forgot all about them and started working in elementary school and then at one point I was like hmm maybe other people might like these resources that I have so I sent them out and Boys Town luckily loved them and Freddie the Fly was born and I've been using them and writing ever since. That's awesome. And they're such cute books and I use them with my students. I the graphics is adorable like it's so relatable. What made you go in the route of social skills for these books? Partly it was because it was a need. I found that there was kind of a gap in. I had these students who were working on things and all the materials I could find were geared toward the adults and kind of giving them tips to use. And I wanted something that we could use in a session and just in a pinch, be able to grab it and go and have a whole 30 minute session, you know, ready to go on the spot. I love it. And we always want our students to see themselves in a character, right? So it's hard for them to see themselves in characters that are like not having social challenges or, or a car, like it's just very hard for them to see themselves. So can you give an example of one of your characters and how maybe some of your students have responded to it? Sure, definitely. I would say Freddie is a little bit of all of the students I've worked with. There's pieces of them that other friends I've had read and they're like, I know who this one is about, which is kind of funny. But so I just I take pieces of personality. So if I have someone who, you know, is having a hard time with size the problem, I kind of take their attitude and their frustration and work that into the book and then try to come up with a way, okay, how can we solve it that's fun, but also effective. So kind of looking again, at, from a kid's mind point, because again, if you throw adult stuff at them, they're, they're not going to like it. So showing them it's okay to make mistakes. Cause I think a lot of the times they feel like they have to be perfect. And that is definitely not the case. So, so true. I always like introduce myself at the beginning of the school year telling my students like, Hey, I cannot play soccer. I cannot draw a straight line. I am not perfect. You're going to teach me things. I'm going to teach you things. And like, for them to realize like it's okay to make mistakes, like the whole growth mindset thing. So I love that. Yeah. Make it not so scary. Can you walk someone through how you might use a book in general 
in a speech session, like from start to finish, like how would you introduce it, bring it up, use it? Sure. I'd say there's two different ways mainly I'd use them. The first with kind of the younger kids or kids I haven't used them with yet. We would kind of take out Freddie. We'd just look at the cover. We'd talk about him a little bit and kind of make some inferences about him. Like, you know, what do you, what do you think Freddie's going to have a hard time with? Like, let's look at the title. Let's look at what he's doing. And then we'd read the story. And I always encourage them to interrupt me. I want them to ask questions as we're reading. So we'll stop and spend, you know, 10 minutes on a page if they have a question, even if it's just about like, something random on the page. I think it's just great to get them talking and really liking the character. So then we'll read it through and there's actually a bunch of downloadable activities that go with them. And usually we pick one of those per session to kind of work on to help supplement the skills. Another thing I like to do though with the older kids, the upper elementary um, students that I work with is we'll read it through and put them in the story. I've gone through and taped their pictures into it kind of over Freddie or one of the other characters. And then we'll act like it's them and kind of see like, would you react that way? Or how would you handle that situation as it's happening? I love that. I love that putting them in this situation. And like, it's something so simple as like taking their picture, letting them draw their own picture. If you don't even have time to do that, like it could be a stick figure, like writing their name on a (laughs) post-it. Like, I love that. And I love even, you know what you can even do, like have them rate, like almost like a rate of 10 to 20, like one to 10, like, I'm ho- you guys can't see this. I'm holding up, pretending to hold up signs. <laughs> like, I'm rating this interruption a three. Like, any way to self-reflect on someone else other than yourself? Is big, yeah. And again, then it makes them see they're not alone. They're like, hey, like, I see this kid's working on it. And they also think, you know, it's a three on the scale. So I don't feel so bad that I'm doing that too. Mm-hmm. Like, I know... It can be a challenge for SLPs when we think of social skills. It's like, okay, conversation, exchanges, maintenance, some eye contact. And we struggle sometimes knowing what area to focus on. Do you have any advice on how to focus in on and really truly understanding what areas to work on? Yeah, definitely. I think the student kind of can help lead you with that. I like to, you know, especially if they're older, you can kind of say, hey, what's something you want to work on? Or what's an area that, you know, you're concerned with? Again, older kids can kind of tell you that. With the younger ones, I think it's through play observation with the books, kind of see, you know, what are they getting stuck on? So if you see, you know, they're having an okay time with conversation, but they're not looking at you the whole time you're having the conversation, then I'll use that one play-based session to kind of focus on those specific social skills to you. Because it is definitely hard to hone in on specific ones. And you also don't want to feel like you're forcing it at them. It wants to feel natural and you're not telling them to change to be a certain way. It's so, so true. Especially when you're only seeing them 30 minutes a day, maybe, maybe once or twice, maybe three times a week. And how do you decide? Sometimes we don't see what goes on outside our therapy room. Do you have any advice on how to get a better understanding of the things we're not seeing? Definitely. I mean, obviously the teachers in the building are one great resource. You can tell you have eyes and ears everywhere for you. But I also like to pop in the rooms from time to time or out at recess and kind of see how they're interacting with others. Because sometimes when they're with us, they're acting one way and then you go outside and see them and it's a whole different situation. So being able to kind of see them in multiple settings, I would say is one of the best ways to, you know, also decide on things to work on. So, so true. I love that. That's the one I'm not a advocate for lunch duty. 
No. But that's the one benefit. <laughs> that is the one benefit. And that's a very small one benefit of having lunch duty and bus duty is you get to see our students in their natural environment. Right. The one upside <laughs> to those. <laughs> we have to be glasses half full on this one. Huh? But, you know, this way it saves you that extra trip. You're going out there once a week, once a month, whatever your lunch duty schedule is. But not being afraid to go poking and seeing and seeing for yourself and getting those ideas of where they might be struggling. I love that opening the dialogue. A lot of times the teachers don't know that we can be that person to work on these skills. That's so true. Definitely. I think they, and lots of people have this mindset of like, oh, you work on sounds. It's like, yes, we do work on sounds, but we can also help with these other areas that, you know, might really be affecting other parts of their days as well. And you might not even realize that, you know, that's an area we work on. So, so true. So do you have any advice on carryover? So after you've worked on some of these skills and strategies with a book, then what? Yeah, definitely. I would say that's one of the hardest points. I hate how I'm going to someone like, they're doing awesome with this with me. And they're like, we're, we're not seeing it at all. I'm like, oh, okay. So I think <laughs> kind of there's two things. There's collaboration. There's saying kind of like to teachers, all right, I want to see them, you know, if they're in class and they're in this situation, here's the strategy I use. Maybe it's, you know, connecting the dots was one of them. So looking at the facial expressions and the body language, I want to see if you can ask them if they're having a hard time to use that language, if they can then use it in that situation. Cause that tells me a lot, like, can they only do it with me or can they take it out into the real world? Another thing I think for carryover is just practice, practice, practice. I mean, it's like any riding a bike. I mean, you're not going to do it one time from one reading the book. You're not going to learn a social skill. It takes a lot of practice. I think finding activities that they can just do with other students is also really helpful because again, sometimes with adults, you get one kid and then with another student. So I sometimes let them bring a friend with them and then we'll practice with that friend to try to see in a different situation, how those social skills carry over. I love that. I love that. Bring a friend to speech day. That's always a hit, right? You get a lot of hands raised on that day. I use that when I need to observe a kid and I'm like, so, and, and I have a, a, other kids in that class. I'm like, just bring your friend to speech day. This way I can observe your friend while they're there. Right. And pretend it's a real big reward when really you're like, I need to see that kid. <laughs> so true. So you mentioned the one strategy. Can you mention another strategy that you like to use for some of these social skills? For carryover, or just social skills? Just in general. Yeah. Yeah, as for strategies for using, I love acting out. I think that's always a fun way to do it. Book report, weirdly, which doesn't sound fun, but if you use kind of like an app where they get to, you know, make a funny face or have all different things on them, I'll sometimes have them, you know, present a little dialogue on what they think the problem in the story was and what the solution was. Because if you're reading it with them and they don't actually understand what the whole message of the story is, then you know that you need to do a little more work on addressing that social skill. So, so true. So true. I love the book report idea. That's so fun. Can you share like a fun one that like a student has done? We did one with Motormouth. It was really fun. We did, I'm trying to, I don't remember the app name we did it on, but it got to, you know, put an animal face on them. So they actually found one that was a mosquito and they pretended they were Freddy and they presented his problem. And then he actually gave me some other ways that he could work on learning to have a conversational turn. So it was really fun to see. And it gave me good ideas too. So <laughs> win, win. write this down for Thank next you. year. Yes. Thank you, students. <laughs> Any other like 
go-to tools for your toolbox for various, like whether it's perspective taking or rambling of the mouth or cutting people off? What are some different strategies that you like to utilize? I would say, again, kind of it's different for every child. You need to kind of look at it because some kids, uh, you can point out that it's something they need to work on and other kids, you kind of have to sneak in that, you know, that's a skill that you're addressing with them. So I would say kind of in my tool bag, some other things I like to do for social skills are definitely doing as many tactile things as you possibly can. Or one that's always a big hit is I'll do something wrong and I'll let them be the teacher for the day. And they get to point out to me all the things that were very bad. <laughs> they like to really point it out on us, but when oh. we point it out on them, like how dare us, right? <laughs> right. And sometimes it's not even when I've asked them to. So that's always fun. <laughs> I'm like, mm, we're not doing that lesson today. And they're, they're happy to be like, oops, you didn't say, excuse me. <laughs> that is awesome. That is so awesome. Can you share like an aha moment or a success story where you're like, this kid got it? Sure. I've had a friend who he's now in middle school, but I worked with him. We're a, well, now we're a pre-K through fourth, but we were a K through fourth. So I had him every year and he was having the hardest time with kind of size of the problem. He just everything was a huge deal for him. And, you know, we were trying all my strategies I have. We were using the book and finally with him, we just were, you know, I realized that you had to let him have his moment first, let him be upset and, you know, share that it was upset and not be like, oh, just like no big, like, don't think about it. If you gave him, you know, I set a timer, a minute, I'm like, you are allowed to be as upset as you want over this for that minute. And then we need to talk about it so we can move on. And it was just giving him that time. That was that aha moment. Instead of trying to, you know, push him through and say, don't think about it. It was giving him that moment to breathe. And it made all the difference. So true that we can't make them be something that they can't be. It's a matter of, of just controlling it and making it work. So it's not overpowering them. Exactly. Because again, it's not one size fits all for anyone. And sometimes they just need someone who's there to say, I'm here to listen. And that, you know, can make a big difference. And what I always like to ask my guests, have you had any flops or mistakes? I feel like I've had a million flops. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. It just shows we're real SLPs over here. <laughs> right? Oh my gosh. I've had, I would say one of the biggest things um, for flops are with kids who have a very hard time losing. And when I try to like, sometimes I just let them win because if it's not their goal with me, I'm like, hey, let's not touch it. But if it is, when I try to sneak back in a game with them, and even if I'm trying to lose and somehow I win, the meltdown sometimes that comes along with that has been probably one of my biggest flops because <laughs> someone we've worked with and I thought we had this great tool down. We talked about like MVPs and you can still be like the most valuable player, even if you don't win. And he was so excited to get this little badge I made him. So I'm like, great, like we're ready. And he just was not feeling it when he actually lost that time. <laughs> oh man. Even, <laughs> even with an MVP badge. I mean, come on kid. Exactly. You got, you were most valuable player. <laughs> <laughs> so how often, like, so say you're working on this one specific goal, you bring in a book. Mm -hmm. How often do you utilize that book? Or you use it once and then just refer to it? Like, how do you incorporate that story into your long-term plan? Sure. I would say we read it a few times in a row first. So like 
maybe three sessions. We're going to just read the story really to get it. And then again, they know the pieces to it. So they like the familiarity of it. Then I'd go working on the specific skills a little bit, maybe for like one or two sessions, we don't read it. Then I'd say we go back to it and maybe not read the whole thing. Maybe we're just going to hone in on one certain aspect of it. Maybe look at, you know, just the problem part of the story and really say, Hey, what is this? What do you think are good strategies to use with this? See what they can generate the next time we go back to it. Okay. Let's look again at what they did. And then I let them critique them. I'm like, okay, do you think that was a good strategy you can use? Or is it, do we need to tweak this to something that will more fit with what you think you can do and manage in the day? So I I go back and forth. I wouldn't say read it every time. I mean, but take pieces from it each time you're doing it, depending on kind of what skill you're working on that day. So love it. What advice would you give someone that's working with a group of students and only one student has that goal, but the others don't? I actually love when that happens because then you get such good peer models for the other students. So I don't think that's a bad thing at all. I would say kind of have a discussion, never point out who's, you know, specifically it's for, but give each of them a different role. Like this day, okay, you're going to be the problem solver. This day, you're going to be the person who's having the hard time and kind of let them teach the other friend because it puts them in a role of leadership and it makes them feel empowered, uh, which is everybody learns better when they feel like they're empowered. Mm -hmm. And teaching, you learn from teaching. Exactly. And then I'm sure the other student can benefit from listening or reading comprehension goals or whatever else they're working on. So there's a win-win right there. Even kids who, you know, that isn't their goal. I think it's always a good refresher for them to go over some of these things because they're all going to be in some point where they're in the situation and it might not be as easy to handle as they think it is. So true. I love that. I love that, that even if it's not their goal, they can still benefit from it and use them to your benefit. Yep. Thank you so, so much. This was so helpful. I love the idea of using books and thinking of ways to incorporate literacy-based activities into our speech sessions, even for the older students and even for social skills. You think social skills, you think just talking, and we need to teach those concepts. And I love bringing characters in where our students can see themselves in the characters. I love that. I love everything you're doing. Name the books currently you have available these Uh, days. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's see if I can. So there's Freddy the Fly Motormouth, there's Connecting the Dots, There is, oh my gosh, there's Bugging Out. Do you like that? I'm even bugging out on names of books. There is The Size of the Problem that just came out. And then there's Freddie and Friends. So I think there's five out right now. I think I named five. Maybe I didn't, but they're all the Freddie the Fly series. So they're from Boys Town. That's awesome. And you have another series as well. I do. I have the Fairy Tales 2.0 series. There's three books out in that right now. They're more for at home. So for parents with toddlers who may be delayed in talking, they walk them through reading to elicit language. So in the story, they can just read the familiar fairy tales and it's going to have questions and prompts to help have them answer and do kind of longer conversations. That's so amazing. And I am going to link to everything in the show notes and not to worry Tell everyone, Kim, where can they learn about you, what you have to offer, and then tell everyone your special offer. 
Oh, sure. So you can learn about me and all the books, both on my website, which is socationbooks.com. Or I think it's okay. In, in, our, in our show notes, don't worry. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> but, don't, but you right. don't even know how to present. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And as well as on Instagram. And the offer I want to say is anyone who's listened to this, you can DM me with the secret word, which is coffee. And I will pick a lucky winner by the end of the week, Friday the 16th, to win a book. Yay, that is awesome. So what is your Instagram again? Oh, sorry, at the speech vine. <laughs> so go at the speech vine, click that little message button on her profile, send her a DM that says coffee. And yes, that's the way I say coffee. <laughs> and that will be, we have my New York accent and Kim's like Boston, Massachusetts oh, accent. <laughs> <laughs> the combined coffeeness. And that will be a way that Kim knows that you heard about her through this episode and send her the message and someone will be winning a copy of these books and, or a, a book. And from someone who has some of the books, like go check them out. I highly, highly recommend it. Is there anything else last that I didn't mention that you would like to share with the audience? I don't think so. I just want to say thank you so much. I love even seeing you virtually. I know. In person sometime again soon. I know. I feel like we're just hanging out. Like we need to right. go, like, go take a, go hang out. somewhere. Grab a coffee. Seriously. Seriously. Oh my goodness. So I always end my episodes with a joke. Ooh. And so I, I don't know why I thought of a monster joke to go with your like motor mouth and all those different like characters. I, I don't know. That's what, that was the, like the mood I was thinking. So did you hear about the monster who ate his own house? No. He was homesick. <laughs> That's a good one I like. I have not heard that one. <laughs> uh, guys, just letting you know, I Google jokes for kids. I do not come up with these. I'm not that creative. Now we know how I'm starting all my sessions tomorrow. So they're all going to get this joke. Get that joke. I'm telling you, it's the best icebreaker. They walk in the door, especially when you're waiting for other students to show up. Like, hey, have you heard? And then they like, they go tell their friends it and they feel really, really cool. Exactly. They're teaching each other again right there. Social skills, learning, all about that. So thank you so much, Kim. Thank you so much for sharing your ideas and your insight and your inspiration on incorporating books to work on social skills with our students so that they can grow and be the best and everyone can just enjoy learning. So thank you so much. And until next week, everyone, stay out of trouble. Hey there, brand new CF or brand new SLP or someone first entering in the school system or maybe returning back from an extended maternity leave. I have something brand new for you guys. CF Boot Camp, Wednesday, July 28th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. What is CF Boot Camp? It is a live 90-minute virtual interactive and fun workshop for CFs or anyone returning or entering the school-based setting or working with school-aged children. It includes a replay recording available for all those that register. So if you can't join us live, register so you can get access to the replay. And it's perfect for brand new SLPs, CFs, or those new to the school setting. What is included? What topics? Setting yourself up for success. The first week of speech. Interpreting those goals. Adapting resources to target a variety of goals so you can plan smarter, not harder, and so much more. Are you ready to go home from work every day feeling confident and sure that you did everything you could for your students? Are you excited and ready to take on this brand new job that you got finally after graduate school and feel confident even though you won't have your supervisor sitting right behind you? Join us Wednesday, July 28th, CF Boot Camp. 
and you can register either the link in the show notes or head to speechtimefund.com slash cfbootcamp. Hope to see you there. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of SLP Coffee Talk. You can find all of the links and information mentioned in this episode at www.speechtimefun.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss any future episodes. While you are there, it would mean the world to me if you would take a few seconds and leave me an honest review. See you next week with another episode full of fun and inspiration from one SLP to another. Have fun, guys. <laughs>